0: My commercial message is you all should be really uh, involved with the USCCB.org site. It's the site of the Bishops' Conference in the United States. It's, it's wonderful. It has all kinds of resources. And it has the entire Bible on that site. You, there's a little place where you go and it says Bible. And it has every book of the Bible, plus it has, uh, and it, by chapter by chapter, but it also has an introduction, which is excellent. So um, this passage today is a little troublesome or a little uh, just different. And I didn't check to see if it's in any of the other Gospels, but here's why it might not be. Uh, Luke, well, the the order that the the books of the the Gospels were written, as you may know, is, is even though Matthew is first in the Bible, that's where the editors put it together. I don't know why they did it. But Mark was first. It's the earliest gospel. It's the shortest. And, there's a, and Mark is a, is a source of, of writings that Matthew and Luke borrowed from or copied. But there was another source called the Q source that Matthew and Luke also took from that are not in Mark. And then there is another source that only Luke took from. That was available to him but not to Matthew or to uh, uh, Mark and that is some of those stories about the women and uh, like the the Good Samaritan it's only in Luke and um, the prodigal son only in Luke and um, I'm not sure but this gospel strikes me as being Luke precisely for this reason. When I went and looked at the footnotes and didn't find anything very useful, I went back to the introduction and um, and it jarred some things. First of all, Luke, they believe, wrote his gospel around 80. And why that's important is that the temple was destroyed in 70. So everything that would get written about the temple in the gospel is changed by the fact that the temple was destroyed again the second time i think maybe the third but at least the second um, but in addition to that luke believed what paul believed in the Perugia. he believed that any day jesus christ might become be coming back the second time the you know the final coming of jesus when everything the like the rapture everything would would just uh, be given to, over to God and it would be basically the end of the world. Um, well, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. But it's in his writings. And that's what I think is going on here because he captures that idea of the urgency of following the gospel no matter what. Uh, and, and so, I think it's only in here, but I'm going to check it out. Uh, he has Jesus saying these words, do you think that I came to bring peace? <laughs> no. I came to bring division. But that's not true. Jesus did come to bring peace. Uh, every time that he, he saw people after the resurrection, his appearances, what's he say? He starts with, peace be with you. Peace be with you. We do it in the Mass. We quote it after the Our Father. We pray for peace, and then we, we hear Jesus' words. Peace be with you. Peace I give you. And then we actually give peace to one another because Jesus wants us to be people of peace, not just be peaceful, but have an inner peace. But in this passage, it's as if he didn't say that ever. But really, when you hear the urgency that he is trying to get us to belong to and open up to the gospel, and why? Because Jesus is coming any day. And if that were so, if, if I had some inside information, and I could tell you the very day, as some preachers have done over the years, especially remember 2000, in New Year's 2000, they, they, there were people that said that it's going to be the end of the world. We've heard it many, many times. But if I had some inside information, and I knew that on next Sunday at 3 a.m., Jesus Christ was coming and the whole world was going to be taken up, and I knew it, and I, I could prove it to you, Um, Don't you think I would be preaching urgently? Get your lives in order. Change those things. Stop doing this. Do this. Believe in the gospel. And if your son or daughter or your mother or father doesn't believe it, too bad. You get up against them. And this is Jesus speaking. I'm going to divide your household. Two against three and three against two. Father against son. Son against father. Mother against son. Daughter. Daughter against mother. mother Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, etc. Well, it's a way of trying to get us to become aware of the need to be people of the gospel. Yeah, you know, there's so many things that drag us away from it. Our own sinfulness, our, our little petty things, our feelings that get hurt and, and then we turn away uh, even from what, what we believe sometimes in our own selves most deeply. You know, we can hold on to grudges forever. We can, we can be people that don't have compassion and, and these scriptures are constantly trying to call us back. So, one of the big themes in the scripture today, if we listen to that a book Jericho, I, in the chapter before this one today that we just heard, they threw him in a dungeon to die. He escaped. And now they threw him into a cistern to die. And he was rescued. And in his words, God saved me. God saved me again. The Psalm is David dancing and singing about how God saves us from our destruction and gives us life. The letter to the Hebrews said, you know, we should be choosing to suffer for Christ. This should be what we choose. Jesus called it his baptism, it's ours too. We are called to to be involved with this cross and imitate it. And when Jesus was spit on and stripped and beaten and forced to carry the cross, and a crown of thorns shoved in his head, and he's rejected, did he hate? Al contraire, Father forgive them all, they know not what they do. Are we there yet? That's what we're supposed to grab onto. So these scriptures today, and, and especially your devotion to divine mercy, you know, we're not just supposed to get mercy, we're supposed to show mercy. We're not just supposed to expect that God will show mercy to us, but that his mercy will work through us and touch other people's lives. In the opening prayer, this is what it said, so that we can see God in all things and above all things. And when that's what's happening in us, we see God in all things and above all things. Well, then you know that we are living the gospel and that divisions will occur, but ultimately those divisions usually ought to bring us to even to a fuller peace. I don't know about you, but... I've often heard it, Um, you know, especially if you came from the Philippines or from Latin America and your kids were born here. Now they, they're Filipino American, but they're really caught in, in a real strange place, Latino kids, but I think Filipino kids must too, because they've got this very pure culture at home and then this other culture, the American culture, and they're stuck in the middle. And very often they don't feel they belong either place, you know, they're not being Filipino enough to their parents and grandparents, sometimes. Uh, but, but they're not really American completely. You're Filipino, aren't you? And so they get stuck in the middle. Same with Latinos. You know, if you're gringo and you're white, you're just American, you know. Um, But I actually come from the German culture, but I'm American and there's no mistaking. So I think that this gospel particularly might strike the youth of Filipino Americans or Latino Americans who find themselves stuck. And they maybe say right to your parents sometimes, Mom, we don't live in the Philippines, we live here." Or, Dad, why do you keep thinking like you're in Mexico? You're not in Mexico, you're in the United States. And of course, parents don't want to hear that. They're trying to raise their children with the values and culture that they have, that they believe in so deeply. But they're stuck. So sometimes it turns into father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother. And the question becomes for those who grab onto the gospel with all their heart, how do we move through that, through the cross, to find that peace and hold on to that peace and make that peace real? Not a superficial peace, but a peace that is drawn from and comes through and is shared out of our spirit because that's what Jesus Christ is calling us to do.